Welcome back to another installment of Engineering Money, the podcast where some full-time engineers give their two cents on the financial news of the week. My name is Ben, back from my COVID hiatus. I am a civil engineer in Washington State. Uh, my name is Tim. I've been here for weeks, um, and I'm a mechanical engineer in Indianapolis still because of COVID. Um, and Joey is gone this week because he bought a house and he's moving in. And apparently that's a lot of work, but I don't know if I believe him. I don't believe it. I yeah. think he's just not here because now we've had just two people so many weeks in a row that that's just the new normal. That yeah. Yeah. Joey just wanted to take his time off. Yeah. <laughs> what a lazy guy. Um, we do have a few announcements before we get rolling in here. Um, first off, my my roommate that had the COVID, he is now un, uncontagious or whatever. So I was able to move back and all is well. He is well. Um, so everybody's doing good here. Um, second announcement, though, more exciting, I got to say. <laughs> Next week here on the Engineering Money podcast. We will have our very first guest. It's pretty exciting. Big time. We will yeah. be bringing on one of our good colleagues. Her name is Megan. Uh, she works in the aviation industry um, and she just might... recently got her private pilot's license. So she's yeah. big into planes. So she might give us some insights on uh, what's going to happen with airliners. So expect a very exciting episode next time uh, with, and with all of that. Don't forget, we have a Discord. Um, the link is in the description of our episodes. And um, I think we might set up something for next week where um, like, we record in Discord. So we might make it so that you could pop in and just listen to us recording it. Um, but So that, that could be something cool to see in the future. Join our Discord. Oh, yes. Uh, and with all that, let's get right into a recap of last week. Any noteworthy things that you saw, Tim? Yes, starting off on Monday, um, Nicola, I've dogged on them for quite a few weeks at this point. Um, and they shot up like 20%, um, or maybe it was like 15 But it was a pretty high number they shot up after they announced that um, they secured an order to make at least 25,000 electric garbage trucks for Republic Services. Um, hmm. And they, they say they're going to begin testing in 2022 with full production deliveries in 2023. And although the price of these trucks isn't disclosed, um, they, competitors sell similar or what we assume is similar garbage trucks for about 500,000 per um, electric garbage truck. And so, I mean, you can kind of assume that's what it's going to be. But the thing is those, the price tag for those vehicles are electric garbage trucks that use batteries. And keep mm -hmm. in mind the Nikola ones are supposed to have hydro hydrogen fuel cells. So, you know, we still have yet to see um, even a factory for Nikola. And <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Um, hopefully they can do something. 
with it because hydrogen fuel cells would be very cool but I'm still not convinced because um, you, you got to wonder like why partner with tech or not Tesla Nikola um, for electric trucks when they're hydrogen fuel cells and they don't have any vehicles that have been built or factory um, but yeah also <laughs> if we look into the past uh, Nikola claimed that Anheuser-Busch ordered 800 trucks when, in fact, they just pledged up to 800 under mm. some circumstances and conditions that have not been met. So this could just be marketing um, for pre to get PR for both companies. Um, I'm still not convinced by Nikola, but I guess uh, some other investors are. Very cool. On the same sort of vein as uh, Nikola, there's another electric company that I've been watching, and I think I mentioned it in the Discord uh, on one of the weeks when I was gone. Workhorse, uh, yeah. W-K-S-H-S. Um, they had shot up a ton. What day was that? Um, on Monday. August, August 3rd? Oh, so that was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. I've been gone a long time. You're, yeah. You got to let man. me catch up here. But they shot up a ton that immediately disappointed everyone. Uh, <laughs> Why? I wasn't following Well, it. so on the 3rd, uh, August 3rd, they uh, a company that they have a 10% stake in, it's a different mm -hmm. electric vehicle company, announced that they will be going public soon. And so oh. because Workhorse has a 10% stake in that, they shot up a ton. And I was like, very cool. It's oh. too bad I didn't, I wasn't able to like tell people about it uh, well, on that week's podcast. But then they fell um, back down to their normal levels. They fell like. back down, um, which is a little sad, but I still think it's looking pretty hot. I got to say they're still uh, in, in the works with the USPS to replace a lot of their uh, mail trucks with these workhorse mail truck thingies um, <laughs> yeah is and, that what they call them yeah and then if you look at the robin tracks which is one of the best indicators now it's almost as good as the gospel is it though oh yeah because when robin hood users buy the price just moves with it <laughs> Because Robinhood or controls the global Robin markets Hood now. Do users move with the price? Mm. Well, I gotta say, so the the price went up on the third. The holders dropped, obviously, as people sold off. But as it went through the last two weeks of just dropping, 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 the user holdings are going up and up and up. People are still uh, holding on to it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I have. Big, know, big hopes. Big um, hopes for workhorse. Yahoo Finance says they're bearish short term, but midterm and long term, they're bullish. Yeah, because they have a good business model and they're meeting with the right people and they're getting contracts put together with these bigger companies, which is difficult. So, yeah. I kind of like them. I hope. Yeah, I hope they take off. That'd be pretty cool. Electric vehicles are very cool. Yep. And now the millennial generation that 
is big into the very cool ideas they're all buying him on on mostly robin hood so <laughs> yeah <laughs> why stop him um cool anything else from last week yeah i have a few more things oh okay. um, sorry we had talked about kodak um mm-hmm. I mean, and if you've watched their stock price, they've just continued to go down because it turns out that that wasn't a set in stone deal for like the $700 million loan. Oh. Um, it was just a letter of intent. And um, U.S. senators asked the SEC to investigate whether insider trading laws had been broken. And the Department of Finance basically said, yeah, we're not going to do this deal until the SEC clears any wrongdoing. Gotcha, yeah. So, yeah, so they, <laughs> they're back down to like $8 from their wow. peak of like 40-something. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then my other thing was that, so a few weeks ago, um, Apple announced that they were going to do a stock split, and then... Mm-hmm. Tesla also just announced they're going to do a five for one split, which I think is just to lock in their overvalued gains. Yep. (laughs) Because if you reset the number lower, then people are going to forget that it's as overvalued as it is. So, um, but that brings up the question, you know, what does a stock split actually do? And in reality, uh, a stock split has no impact on your position from a fun- fundamental standpoint, um, but you still—it's still good to understand why uh, businesses do splits. Um, so, I mean, back in the day, the the reason for it was you want to lower a company's stock price to allow more individuals to purchase it. Because, like, if right. you if you want to buy a whole share of Amazon, like, it's way too much. It's like three thousand dollars, not. Not many people can just buy a share of Amazon, um, or at least many retail investors. But nowadays, there's like, um, what are they called? Fractional trading. So you can yes. buy pieces of it, which Robinhood makes really easy. Um, and Charles Schwab just came out with one. And I think Fidelity does it as well now, too. But it's a little bit more obsolete now because you can do that fractional trading. Um, but it basically, if it's, for example, with Apple, they announced it when it was $400. It was a four for, or it will be a four for one. So you just, for every share that you had, you get four in place of one. And right. it cuts the price into quarters. Mm-hmm. So pretty easy it just yeah it doesn't really change anything about the stock just the number Um, but the one important thing i think is that it shows that the executives of the company have um, confidence that the stock will continue to perform or that their company won't continue to perform otherwise um, if they did a stock split near an all-time high and then it's down at a level where it could like you know dip low and then people start to see it as like a oh apple used to be worth this much and now it's only worth like 50 dollars the heck right Mm -hmm. so i think that something like that happened with ge 
where it did a split at an all-time high and now they're like under ten dollars or something and struggle to get out of that area um but yeah executives at tesla and apple are confident that their shares will continue to increase it's because they never go down yeah exactly they only go right (laughs) yes (laughs) never left all right yeah that's all i had for last week cool um we got a few earnings coming up this week uh, that I wanted to mention real quick. NVIDIA. Ooh. Um, yeah. yeah. Big movement there. Target and Lowe's get some retailers reporting earnings. Lowe's, I think, is interesting um, because the home improvement industry has sort of uh, ticked up a little bit mm-hmm. since everything's shut down. People are in their homes more. T- noticing things that are wrong and have the spare time now to maybe learn how to, you know, fix the flapper in their toilet and, you know, (laughs) go out and buy one. Um, So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what Lowe's has to say for everybody. Those are all on Wednesday. Um, It's a pretty slow week for earnings. Uh, the The only other one is on Thursday. We got Alibaba, which I know you love, Tim. What? Who said I love Alibaba? Don't you use it? No. I used to use AliExpress, but oh, I'm impatient. AliExpress. Yeah. I mean, they're owned by the same company. Yeah, it's great if you want to buy some, like, cheap knockoff Gucci belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that breaks after, like, wearing it ten times. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that... That's all I saw really worth noting coming up this week. Um, some some market movers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't mind, I got a few things yeah, I wanted go for to it. bring up. I guess this is kind of uh, from last week, too. Um, but get some antitrust conversation going here. Yeah. And obviously, you know, when you think antitrust the first thing that comes to mind is Fortnite, right? Oh, the game. Yeah. Fortnite. Definitely. Fortnite, Fortnite, big gamer community. Um, they just this week removed themselves from the Apple store and the Google play store. Oh, I thought Google and Apple removed them. Well, maybe actually you're right. It was one way or the other. Either way, they're gone. They're no longer available for mobile gaming. Um, And the company that created Fortnite, it's called Epic Games, is super pissed. Um, Yeah. Because the whole reason they got removed is they wanted to put um, in-game purchases that went through their own, um, like, system. The Epic Games Store. Right. Right. Because then they and wouldn't have, I think it's like 30% cut that it, Apple takes. It's a 30% cut of revenue that Apple yeah. and or Google take off the top, across the board. Revenue, not profit, revenue. Is it Google which, as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so that's a pretty big chunk of change considering, uh, so the Apple uh, App Store in 2019 
uh, there was $61 billion worth of transactions that occurred. So oh 30% gosh. of that is gigantic. Yeah. And then Google had $30 billion in transactions last year. Um, but out of this, Epic Games is really, really upset, and they are filing an antitrust suit against Apple and Google because it's, you know, it's, a, it's preventing competition. Everything has to go through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which would be different if, like, on an iPhone, you could download apps that weren't from the Apple's App Store. Right. Yes. Yeah, but. and it's not even that. It's just, like, a developer's right to, like, set up their own system on mm-hmm. their app that gets sold through the Apple Store. Um, that's not allowed either. Uh, I think it's kind of a... I think it's a good idea. I think Apple and Google are definitely giant behemoths. And if the if that clause or if their policy changed, I think we would probably see some cool things happen to <laughs> the mobile definitely landscape. Definitely very I mean, cool things. Well, I mean, it's it's it would foster more competition, more mm-hmm. innovation of trying out different methods. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's a good idea, although antitrust uh, litigation process yeah, is it, pretty long. Lengthy. Like, and the um, there's a congressional committee that's going over the results of their hearing with, um, which was a total debacle. That was hilarious. yeah with Apple, they, Amazon. The Congress people didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched some of it. It was kind of goofy, but they have all their stuff now, and they're going to go back and write up a report and then um, recommend action. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll have and to see when the, that comes uh, out. There's still the European um, committee too, mm-hmm. that, and that one came out of I think a Spotify complaint, but. I feel like yeah. I have more faith in the European committee, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, the The Republicans and Democrats seem to uh, hate both the big tech. Yeah, but they didn't do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but just so just for comparison here, um, like what the whole like antitrust case would look like um a comparison that you could draw um there was one in 1974 so a long time ago it was Mm at&t it took them eight full years for the whole trial and all that ended up happening was at&t had to split and they just restructured so that it was the AT&T parent company and then there's like the Warner Brothers and all their other assets are split as like uh, you know child companies of AT&T so it's still all the same thing it's just technically they're different companies all under the same parent so yeah odds are nothing's going to happen if something does happen, though, Apple and Google are going to be in huge trouble because that is a giant chunk of revenue that just uh, they'll be off, they'll be fine. Oops. It can sustain them. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything else? I I did actually. So I had okay. one other thing. Go for it. Um, talking, I gotta every single week. I have to plug gold. It's a requirement. <laughs> um, 
but it'll be in the frame of, uh, you know, the golden ratio for portfolios, the 60-40 ratio. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that like a ideal um, minimal risk, maximum reward potential ratio is 60% stocks, 40% bonds. But with the treasuries in the toilet right now, yeah, basically 0%. Zero percent interest, essentially. Bonds are very sad. Um, federal bonds, I should say. So, <clears throat> the there have been investor newspapers and stuff like the Barons and all that. Um, they're talking about how this is the beginning of the demise of the sixty forty, with this whole like stagflation and things falling apart, and how it's just the old standard is no longer viable um, and everybody's looking for viable options that could maybe replace that um, chunk of the portfolio and so there are two things I think uh, municipal bonds which are higher interest rate uh, than treasuries just because there's more risk involved because odds of a city going bankrupt very it's still very low, but it's not the same as the entire country going bankrupt itself. Mm-hmm. Like we, so the interest rates are a little bit better. Um, you can invest locally, and usually municipal bonds have gigantic tax advantages for high-income tax states like California and New York. Um, purchasing bonds in, in those states, if you reside in those states are huge tax advantages because most of them are tax exempt and all of the coupons that you collect from those bonds are tax free. Hey, that's pretty cool. It's pretty sick. Gotta say. Um, and then the other option that people have started looking towards is gold and silver. Um, which I mean, I think it's a no brainer because gold and silver are pretty <laughs> of course you do, cool. Ben. <laughs> but Ben, gold does not pay dividends. That's fine because in a weird way, it kind of just um, passively collects value. Like even if the value of the gold is exactly the same starting in January all the way through to December, if the value that consumers see that gold at is exactly the same, it will still go up whatever the inflation was for that year so it'll Mm. passively get pricier and pricier with the decreasing value of the dollar oh i see like how they see um, gold worth to i think i'm following you right so it's yeah so um there was a little bit of fear earlier on in the pandemic because jay pow came out and was like hey everybody um the pandemic is going to bring in this period of uh deflation as Mm -hmm. people you know don't go out and buy things uh they're going to hold on to their money it's going to make the money more valuable um heck yeah and that's okay and that you know that is not good for gold slash silver's case but the consumer price index just came out for july last week i think it was last it was one of the weeks that i was gone Mm -hmm. um yeah we actually talked about it 
Oh, you did talk about it. Okay, yeah. Because cool. um, they said that they'd, they'd be targeting a little bit higher than yep. 2% inflation. Yes. So Jay Powell's like, actually, never mind. We don't want deflation. So we're going to try to force it above our usual target. Mm-hmm. And in July, uh, just the one month, it was up 0.6%. Yeah. Um, so the the government has basically come out and and taken that initial statement back saying, don't worry about the deflation. We're going to keep pumping it, which only helps gold and silver. Yeah, well, they're um, going to keep pumping. That's Classic. right. They're going to keep pumping. Classic Fed. All right. Well, I guess I'll buy some more gold then. Yeah, gold is good. Um, I only had one thing um, looking into the future. So there was a survey done <laughs> of Chinese iPhone owners. And Mm, 95% mm -hmm. said that they would switch from Apple to another smartphone brand rather than give up WeChat. (laughs) Which was one of those apps that Trump said would be banned in 45 days. Hmm. But, well, okay, so WeChat is like an integral part of Chinese culture, I guess. Um, After doing some research to it, like everyone uses it. Um, and mm. you use it for like everything, but apparently there's some people that saying that were saying that there's like a Chinese version and WeChat's just the U.S. version, so maybe just the U.S. version would be banned and the Chinese one would be fine. So it's still up in the air, but like <laughs> if overnight, um, 95% of Chinese iPhone owners dropped their phones and went for another one, that'd be mm. pretty wild to see. Hmm. So. It probably won't happen, though. Yeah, that's but that's all I've got. Huh. Cool. All right. Um, Thanks, everybody. For, join our for Discord. Listening in. Yeah. Join the Discord. Uh, catch you all next week when we hopefully have the full squad plus one. Yeah. In the form of Be a guest. Be very cool. Sleep ha- good. Hope, hope everybody has a prosperous week. <laughs>